Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we've got a great new CarCast for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the chip shortage issue, unfortunately. Um, fortunately, we're going to talk about new uh, Ford Lightnings and what's going on with McLaren, Barrett-Jackson, and more. Before we get started, a word from our friends at GEICO. Hey GEICO, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Oh, happy new year. Um, let's see. Bill's out today, uh, which, uh, you know, not the way we wanted to start things off this year, but that's all right. We've got Chris. Hello. How are you hey, doing? Matt, happy new year. Happy new year. Did you have a good one? Have yeah. a good new year? Good holiday I, It break? was mellow. It was did good. you stay in town? You stay I did. In town. I, you know, I caught, I caught COVID. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, around around uh, a little before Christmas. So yeah, I stayed in town. <laughs> <laughs> stayed in town. Yeah. Uh, but and you were you were vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You got the two. I got the I got the two. Yeah, I don't have the booster, but uh, yeah, I mean, and like, you got I, the COVID. Yeah, it, it, I was like, I caught it. How was it? It was it was fine. It was like a two day cold. It's quicker now. Yeah, it was quick. It was just like like a, any cold I've ever gotten. So, but less time because the cold's you know a week or so, right? Yeah, this yeah. is yeah, this is two days, and then third day I had so much energy, and I was I was back, and, and uh, but I. How often did you get tested once you had it to figure out when you don't have it anymore? Well, I didn't. Well, the thing is, the tests were so they're all sold out everywhere. So I was just saving my tests after that. So I'm like, I'm not testing until I am sure I don't have it because oh, you had so like an at home test. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I had the at home test. And, um, so yeah, I just, I just waited. And then during, after like day eight or nine, cause I, I was told I had to do a 10 day quarantine. And mm-hmm. then on day nine, the CDC was like, Oh, you only have to do five days after uh, you feel good. Right. And so, and then Jen, your fiance is a nurse, right? She, yeah. She works at a hospital. She yeah. works at a hospital. She works at an ER. So she, right. Yeah. She, yeah, she does. She does. Oh no. Well, yeah. Operating room ER. She does a uh, mainly CT now though. Okay. 
so so now here's the question. It's like now you have somebody with experience going, this is how you test. This is how you do it. This is what you should be feeling. This is blah, blah, blah. But also don't come near me because I have a job. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, we, yeah, we, we split the house in half. Like, <laughs> like I can't go into that room. She can't go, you know, where I am. And then we just, uh, we, yeah, we, we separate from each other. And then about three days into mine, like right as soon as I start feeling good, she tested positive. Oh, she did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that didn't work. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> that didn't we work. tried. All right. Well, that's, uh, well, look, sorry to hear that you got it, but also glad to hear it was mostly uneventful. Yeah. Me too. And, yeah. and then you basically just got a booster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're good. I know. Yeah. I, I, I feel good. <laughs> all yeah. right. Uh, all right. That's good. Um, all right. Well, you know, I, um, Mine was kind of uneventful as well. I was just going to ask, yeah. yeah. You know, I was just, uh, I was in Arizona for a few days, running around doing some family stuff, but mostly came back out here and um, it was weird because, you know, this, there's like this full week of downtime is when I try to get a bunch of work done that I needed to catch up on. And as much as I'd love to say it was car stuff and engine building, it really wasn't. It was a lot of, uh, Bravago, you know, bold seltzer like website development and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it because I'm getting that stuff up and running soon, but uh, didn't do much car stuff at all. Yeah. How's, is, how's the new Mustang? You drove, you've, you've driven it here like once or twice. I, I got it here today. So I got the Mustang Mach 1. Um, it's good. It feels like I've had it for months. I don't know why yeah, it feels I feel, like I feel I've had it for too. like six months or something, but I just broke about a thousand miles. On it, Jeez. so it's still now. It, it was over at Anderson Composites for like I don't know two months, and they were doing all of the uh, all of the R and D for this carbon fiber hood that they're going to be making for it. Which I think that stuff should be coming in maybe this month. We'll test fit it again and outfit the car with the carbon stuff, and then it'll go out to a couple of shows. You know, the uh, Grand Prix of Long Beach we had in September, but it's normally in April. Yeah. So they did it in September, but they want to get back on schedule. So they're going to do it in April. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's a sh- way so it's shorter just, off season. Yeah, just shorter yeah. off season for them. So instead of the last race of Indy, it's like toward the beginning again, and it's going to happen. And uh, I believe Anderson Composites is going to have their booth again in the, um, like, it's like the, the convention center, kind of aquarium area. You know, there's right. the indoor, all the booths are there. Uh, Galpin Auto Sports is there, and the car vendors, Honda, and all that stuff are there. It's all in so, my backyard. That's right. It's all in your backyard. Uh, so super close. So I think we'll have the car display. That it might be the first time that the car will be like done and on display with the carbon hood and stuff. And the carbon hood has has a, a hood scoop, kind of a shaker style hood from the original Mach One, just sort of a modern twist. When you go too retro, it kind of doesn't fit the look of the newer car. So we came up with a version. We went through a couple designs. They texted me back and forth. And I was like, eh, what if we mimic this and do that? And it was fun to do. Uh, so we should have that ready. But, yeah, the car looks good. Um, the car is fun to drive. Yeah. Uh, not fun to drive in the rain. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is fun to drive in the rain. Um, I was I was leaving my warehouse and uh, uh, Tammy was behind me in her car. And just for fun, it's just like every corner and every stoplight, I'm just getting it sideways because it's got like Pilot Cup Sport 
you know, twos or something on it. It was just, it's, it looks like a, just a racing tire. There's like one groove in down the middle for water <laughs> and that's it. So it just slides all over the place when it's wet. Man, we had so much rain for the, you know, during that holiday break. It just poured for like three days. Uh, but uh, the car looks good. Now, speaking of new cars, 2022 is going to be the year of not buying a new car for most people. I'm yeah. telling you this. I wish I had better news. This chip shortage thing is a real pain in the ass. And, you know, I've been very vocal about dealer markups on cars, especially I mean, it's like it's just throwing money out the door. Now, from a business case, I kind of see what the dealers are going for. They're saying, look, there's not a lot of inventory. That creates more demand. We need to create these quote-unquote market adjustments on prices. But also, they're not making money with the volume that they used to make. Yeah. So what's happening is basically anybody that's ordering a new car, it's coming in. And when it comes in, it's sold to that person. And the allocation that the dealers are getting are selling as soon as they come in. There's a few exceptions. You go by some car dealers, and there's some cars here and there in the showroom and this and that. Um, Pretty much everything with a markup on it. This is where we kind of get screwed as consumers. If you want a Kia Telluride, which they're going to make plenty of, uh, and it's it's a cool vehicle, but it's not limited production. It's nothing super special. And dealers are asking 10000 over sticker on a Kia Telluride. And you're like, no, no, no. 10,000 over sticker is usually what's demanded for some limited production car. They're going to make 500 or 1,500 or 2,500, yeah. you know, and it's kind of pricey and that's it, right? Or a one year color combination or something like that. But to get like a Kia Telluride, look, you want a Porsche GT3, you put your order in when it, you know, you you need to know this is seventy five thousand over sticker. <laughs> just, just they should just come up with like a an exclusive colorway, like pandemic purple, and, and just <laughs> right. make just make a few of them, or at least start like badging the car or something really limited, yeah. like during the pandemic. You like don't have you, to increase performance; just oh, make yeah, it just, look a little more exclusive. It needs a COVID serial number or something yeah. like that, so you know that this was one of the markup cars. Yeah, I bought this during the chip shortage, I, and. Actually, to your, to your point, a lot of car companies are going, oh, we're doing one year only on a particular color, right? Um, one or two years or something like that on a particular color. Then they'll release some new years. That's not uncommon, but I think it's more special that way. My Mach 1, which I was able to get and order and get the fighter jet gray with the appearance package, I don't know if they're doing that color combination with the appearance package again for the next year. So it is a little unique, but... I also got in early enough that uh, th- that I didn't have a markup on the car, right? I, you know, I wouldn't pay one anyway, so it's no secret saying, you know, I I called I called around at Ford and tried to get on a list and called some favors and and yes, obviously did what we needed to do <laughs> to get it. But I am curious to see. I'm on just the reservation list for the Ford Lightning, yeah. And I called over to the guys at Galpin, and I was like, you know, I was thinking about. You know, just getting a car to drive every day, something easy to drive, maybe a nice SUV, uh, 
you know, our friend Steve McCord at Galpin has been there a long time, is the new general manager, promoted general manager of Porsche, Santa Clarita. It's a Galpin dealer. He's the boss over there. And I was like, hey, can I all just come up? I just want to look at maybe like a Porsche Macan or the Cayenne. He's like, yeah, we'd love to have you come up. I don't have any cars. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I was like, you know, he's like, no, everything's sold. <laughs> and he goes, and everyone that comes in was something that's been ordered. It's been sold. This chip shortage is kicking the shit out of all these companies. And I said, well, I'm on the list for a lightning. He's like, if you could get it, just get it. And I was like, that's a, that's a, I guess that's a good point if I should get it. Oh, how weird, because I just saw that someone posted that they were able to like pick out their like custom their customizations for the lightning now, like if especially if you're on the list. Like yeah, I saw. so what happened was this week, as we're recording this, they just revealed the online configurator for the lightning. Yeah. And people that put the reservations in, put the $100 deposit down, if you were in sort of the first batch, I don't know if it's twenty five or thirty or fifty thousand, whatever the first batch is, you can go into your dealer this week or call your dealer this week and place the order for your truck. You're going to get the first allocation of trucks. Now, in regards to the chip shortage, it's just about prioritizing the chips that you do have. So something new, like, you know, I waited months for my Mustang Mach 1. Because it wasn't in high demand, and they wanted the chips for the Mustang Mach-E, the electric car that they were selling a lot of. So I had to wait, whatever, six or seven months for my car because Mach-E's were getting the chips. And now that those have sold really well, and they delivered all the initial orders, now they have a bunch of orders to fulfill for the for the Lightning. And the the initial plan was to do something like eighty or ninety thousand lightnings in the first year, twenty twenty two, eighty to ninety thousand. Jim Farley made a huge fuss on uh, on Twitter, made a big statement on social media recently, saying he's going to increase capacity to one hundred and fifty thousand lightnings. So there's two hundred thousand orders placed, reservations. We know some will die off. He expects about one hundred and fifty thousand orders to be fulfilled, and he's allocating chips to make that happen. So over the next year, 150,000 lightnings. But, wow. but this chip shortage, so it's it's not just starting the car, right? We, we talked before about a bunch of F-150s just sitting in a, in a parking lot outside Ford headquarters waiting for a chip so those things can go out and be mobile. But the car companies need to still make cars. They have employees. The employees get paid to make cars. They want to keep them employed. They want to deliver cars and and somehow maybe ship chips or different modules and things um, to the dealers later going, hey, if you want your car now, we could probably get you something without all of the features and then we'll add the features. The dealer will do it later. So this is where we are. Things like Porsche Macan. Porsche is going to start delivering vehicles without power seats. And uh, <laughs> I think you can get the power seat, but or I don't know, maybe it's a non-power seat. And then if you bought the power seat, they put it in later. Uh, BMWs are going without touchscreens. Nissan is going to have no satellite navigation system. Uh, GM is going to drop the start-stop feature and like wireless charging, heated seats. These are all things that you could order on your vehicle that won't work when you get your vehicle <laughs> because they don't have the chip yeah. to make it work. So it's going to be kind of a interesting year to see how 
how the the industry sort of survives that. Yeah, thing, how, are these, you know? how are these guys going to stay afloat? Um, and it's kind of a weird thing. I, we talked about Toyota having a a plant for it. Um, interesting is Jaguar, I believe. Jaguar had an allocation of chips. They're not a huge high-volume manufacturer, so they have enough chips for the cars, but there's a, there's... There's an employee issue, right? Because so many people are, are quitting or losing jobs or doing whatever, and we're, people are struggling to hire people. They can't hire enough people to make the car. So they're like, hey, we have the chips, but now we don't have the people. Yeah, they have a people shortage. They have a people shortage. Wow. Which is weird. Now, here in the U.S. in November, we had like the record – we yeah, set the record for exodus on you know people quitting their jobs. Yeah, I think the highest rate. It's we've like ever four had. and a half million people <laughs> quit their jobs. I'm not sure I fully understand what's going on. Of where are they going? What are they I doing? I don't either. I I went into the grocery store and there's like there's no food. Like salad's gone. Not that I eat much of that. And uh, all the meats are gone. Trader Joe's, Ralph's, Pavilions, all of it's gone. And I was like, oh, maybe everyone quit their job and they're eating at home. <laughs> And, uh, Possibly. and then I don't know. We just asked around at the Trader Joe's like, how come there's no food? <laughs> and he, and that guy said, because we can't get enough people to deliver the food here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? So we don't have the manpower to, you know, to bring the food here. I was like, where, oh, okay. Where are these people going? I'm, I'm where, curious. The four and a half billion people that quit jobs. So there was a mass exodus. The largest percentage was hospitality. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and then I think, you know, restaurants and things like that, maybe retail on some level. Uh, but people that I talk to at, at restaurants are like, you know, we were out uh, New Year's Eve at, at a kind of a preset menu New Year's Eve thing. And I was like, hey, just curious, how many people didn't show up today for work? And, you know, and they're like, you have no idea how we've been scrambling and oh. rearranging the floor. And eliminating tables and people that handle four tables have to handle six tables and you know and the chefs are just trying to scrambling and everyone trying to just get spread like everyone's spread and it was like yeah. i was like well you guys are doing a good job hiding it they're like it's kicking our ass yeah once you ask yeah, just because, a tear just forces its <laughs> its way out of it was if it's like that they're like yeah we're just scrambling so the automotive industry as well just sort of scrambling i don't know what salesmen are doing i guess salesmen are just selling whatever comes in but uh, the markup thing is crazy. The chip shortages is crazy. Uh, so yeah, in my head, I was like, oh, maybe this is the year. I just maybe try to buy a Porsche Macan or a Cayenne or something. And they're like, nah, it's not, it's no. not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Don't do it. Yeah. And I was curious and I said, well, uh, a, a company like Galpin or any of these companies that have a, like an auto mall, they own five, six different dealers, different brands scattered around the city, you know, what's doing well. And it's going to be different anywhere you are in the country. Some some parts of the country love pickup trucks. Some parts of the country are like, we don't have room for pickup trucks, right? So out here, uh, I, I think I think there's some some inventory on Honda's lots. I think there's some inventory on Mazda's lots. Uh, I don't think there's a lot like. I think Ford has some inventory, depends on what you're shopping for, um, but they're really playing this chess game of which vehicles get chips. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a, f- 
a lot of data flowing into their analysts going, we need chips here, and we need chips there, and we've got this car coming out. Yeah, it's and constantly in motion what, yeah. what they're doing with their strategy. A lot of feedback from the dealer saying, this is what people are asking for. This is what people want to put deposits on. Um, also, this is what's new. So there's just a big hubbub with all of that, trying to get that all kind of figured out. So now I'm on the fence. I'm like, hey, can I get a Lightning? Would it be interesting to get a Lightning? I don't want to be that douche that like gets it, drives it for six months, and flips it on bring a trailer. <laughs> um, uh, you don't want John really, Cena. Yeah, I don't want a John Cena the thing. I, I, you know, if I get one, I just kind of want to drive it, just make it the daily driver. So, so the Mustang can go with all the carbon fiber stuff on it. I, I'm already scraping the front splitter on that thing, so I don't want to, you know, ruin a carbon fiber version. So that will end up being over the the year. It'll end up being more of the take it to the shows and events. Yeah. Um, Enjoy although, it now. Yeah. Save although I love now. to do track day with it as well. Uh, I got invited earlier months ago to do a track day. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going. It's like, oh, no, I, I haven't broken in the motor yet. I don't even have – I had like 400 miles on it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I was yeah. like, it's probably fine. It's probably broken in, but why, why, why run the risk? It's really not – Plus, you're still you're still getting used to it yourself. I'm kind of getting anyway. used yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. kind of getting used to it. And by the way, not just the 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 engine. You know, transmission, differential gears. You know, everything's kind of needs a little flex. Needs a little. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> needs a few miles on it. But uh, what do you think of all the different configurations? Have you looked at them yet? I did. You know, it's interesting because all the all the buzz is around. Hey, you can. You can get an electric vehicle for forty thousand yeah, bucks. Yeah, and that's the base. Y- yeah, base. you can. But we've always joked about an F one fifty becoming a hundred thousand dollars, and we're pretty close. I want to say the F one fifty Lightning Limited, which is the all wheel drive extended range battery. Um, I think it's ninety something thousand, almost ninety three thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's just about. And then 90, yeah. you can add a few things, you know, bed liner and running boards and a few things like that to it. There's not a lot of options you can add to it because it's pretty optioned up. The interior is nice, power seats, big screen, all that stuff. But yeah, I think you're at like ninety five, ninety six thousand dollars, and you're like ah, ninety six thousand dollars for a for an F one fifty. You know, we were just talking about like Porsche Macan and Cayenne, and you know, those are, you know. They're hundred thousand dollar trucks. You can get a fully loaded Macan GTS, the new one, for like a hundred thousand bucks. The the Cayenne you can get for under hundred thousand. The Cayenne GTS is probably going to be in the one thirty range with with some decent options. But a Cayenne Turbo that that creeps up. Porsche, I'm telling you, they're they're a la carte menu with options. Really, you know, their damn audio system is like fifty eight hundred bucks or something <laughs> like that. I, you could spend one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars on on a Cayenne Turbo, and that's not even like a Turbo S or the Turbo GT. Uh, you know, it's just the Cayenne Turbo. I mean, it's cool and it's fast, mm. but eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Everything seems expensive to me these days. Everything seems expensive. It is I, like our, our very own uh, Ryan here. He, he <laughs> his car was totaled. He was that's looking right. for a new car. Couldn't find anything. He opted for the electric bike. 
the electric bike. And that's what bike. he's been he's been taking to work. The he's last, been on the electric bike for a while. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> Chip shortage. What Chip shortage. Also, I think last week he forgot to charge it and had to like run here on foot with a bike in his backpack. That, that I don't know. What, <laughs> something happened. <laughs> that is what happened. It's like I'll be there twelve minutes. Yeah. Six <laughs> a, minutes later, it's like my battery died. Yeah, I'll be there the, twenty minutes. He's got the bike back there, like with with like Yoda in the backpack. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that didn't quite work out that day. Uh, anyway, so on the um, there's so much EV stuff. I kind of want to talk about more gas engine stuff because I'm. It's all been EV. It's like, all EV, yeah. but uh, anyway, Mercedes released this um, Vision EQXX. It's this concept car. It's very aerodynamic, very swoopy, kind of cool. Looks like it could be a cool supercar for them one day, but. That's not the intention. It's just an experiment in technology. Uh, it's an EV, and they got 620-mile range. And not because the battery is super innovative. It was an experiment in reducing weight and improving aerodynamics. And uh, it's kind of cool-looking. Yeah, it's it's swoopy. But it does show you, like, if you're cruising on the freeway at, you know, 60 miles an hour, 65 70 miles an hour. How much power do you need to push through the air? And they've got this, uh, the aerodynamics. If you guys are familiar with the CD rating, I think they're, you know, a sleek car is a 0.20, maybe a 0.2125. They got it down to like a 0.17, which would be the most aerodynamic street car produced so far and uh you know anyway they made their point they made their point was you know all things being equal mechanically if they were able to reduce weight and improve aerodynamics how much more range can they get and uh it's interesting it's impressive yeah how are you liking the uh the interior with that huge screen as the dash along the dash I mean, yeah I've seen so, a few cars doing that so I, I believe the mercedes s-class is doing something like that and the cadillac escalade I think is doing something like that as well. I haven't driven the new Escalade yet. We've been talking to Cadillac, so hopefully get something in. Uh, and it's interesting because at first where it started was you'd have the screen in front of the driver, right? The gauges, which are all a screen now. Yeah. They look like analog gauges, but everything's a screen. And then it can change out. Like when Sport or Sport Plus modes are different, you know, they, the gauges swap out. It gives you sure. a different configuration. My, my watch does that. Yeah, right. Yeah, watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your smartwatch does that. Um, and even the Mustang does it. Like in track mode, it changes it all. So we, we, we started there, and then we got the big screens on the dash for the infotainment system. And then a few car companies were starting to do, in front of the passenger, just a small type of digital controls, maybe control the air conditioning for that side, yeah. or maybe some radio controls for that side. But now they're going, ah, fuck it. Let's just make the whole dash a screen. Yeah, door to door. Door to door screen. Yeah. I'm sure it's broken up into different segments and, and just has like one piece of plastic over it. But uh, yeah, and then I guess you can just swap out all sorts of different features and configurations. I'm okay with it as long as it as it works. I mean, you know, at what point is the the car going to have like the Microsoft blue screen of death, you know, just, <laughs> just, just locked out. Like, by the way, I was driving down, I uh, was like walking down the strip in Vegas and everyone's now got the big digital 
screens like, hey, Britney Spears is in concert. Come see Blue Man yeah. Group. I just walked past one blue screen of death. It was just oh, like, so embarrassing. just the whole thing was bright blue and it had like the, the error the code. Side yeah. face. And I was like, how long is that going to sit there before any of the 50,000 employees make a call and go, I yeah. don't think that supposed to be there like that blue screen of death it's one restart please <laughs> restart yeah restart i want to say early tesla roadster the gen one tesla roadster had a few kind of issues like that now it was an experimental car and you know everything goes through those growing pains but yeah i, I talked to a guy that uh that ordered one it was it was it was nutty like ordered it his office was not far from the dealer couple miles so he walked there to pick up his car. He couldn't make it back to the office. Right off the oh. showroom floor, car stop, like the, their version of Blue Screen of Death, just locked the whole thing Jeez. up. He walked back to his office. He called. He's like, go get my car. It's about a mile from the dealer. Yeah. Let, let me know when it's done. So I think he got it worked out. But that was the early car. Now those cars are starting to pull some money on bringing a trailer. I think I saw one of the... Tesla Roadsters pull some money on bringing a trailer, but yeah, how, how's Tesla doing? Are they are they suffering from all this? You know, as well? Tesla had uh, record sales. Um, uh, you know, they're moving hundreds of thousands of cars. It seems to be interesting. I think Ford moved into the number two slot because of the amount of sales they had with the Mach E and a few other things like the Transit E and whatever. Uh, but they're that's going to be the big question this year is where do car companies like tesla tesla's been so dominant had so much market share for so long all of these other car companies are starting to trickle out new things like we said mercedes and everything from hyundai and and lexus and you know and ford you know with an f-150 uh if they make one hundred and fifty thousand next year that's going to be a significant number for them um i'm starting to see rivians on the road the rivian oh, yeah. truck which is which is cool. I like the Rivian. Um, Edmonds seems to really like it. Alistair really s- seems to like it. I was, you know, going on there, going, "Hey, what does it take to get one of these?" You can go to the website. You can configure it. You could pay the thousand dollar deposit and get on the list. But now the company's going, "Yeah, we're having some issues." We're looking at delivery for the SUV, not just the truck. The SUV, I think they're saying 2023 now. So, so they're getting they're so, delayed as well. Yeah, yeah, there's whatever issues. If it's a chip issue, if it's an employee issue, you know, just a manpower issue, I don't know. But I don't know what we're going to do with uh, trying to get new cars. I guess everybody has to hold on to what they have. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, even it's even hard to just get like Ubers. It's hard to like oh, Ubers were expensive. Yeah, it's just, it's a short. There's a shortage of everything everywhere. You know, we talked about the uh, the uh, Mercedes flexing their muscles with aerodynamics and stuff, but yeah, there's um there's a startup company, a battery company, a startup out of Michigan. I want to say it's like a former Apple guy. He's developing this uh, battery technology. It uses lithium-ion batteries and uh, obviously a bunch of other technology. But instead of having a giant lithium-ion battery go in, it's sort of a dual-stage system. And uh, I'm I'm sure there's a lot more details. But how I recall it is is this company has 
part of the battery, which would supply about 150 miles of range, and it's the fast-acting you know, battery that gets you your fast acceleration and, uh, you know, and then the rest of the battery is sort of a slower capacity, if you will, capacity is not the right term, sort of a, like a trickle usage. And that battery feeds the quick change battery, the quick charging, the quick accelerating (sighs) battery. So anyway, the point is, they got a Tesla, uh, a Model S. They took out the Tesla battery, the stock battery. They put their battery in, and they tested it on the street. And they got 620 miles of range? Seven, I'm saying 750? 750 yeah, 750. On a single charge. This is uh, – the on the street. T- a two-year-old Michigan startup called Our Next Energy, or One, O-N-E. So. Yeah, so 752 miles they got on there. Average speed, 55 miles an hour. Um, the temperature conditions were, were freezing. When they brought the car in on a dyno, which obviously is not pushing through the air, and they can control the temp to 73 degrees, it got 882 miles. So real world testing, you know, it's probably somewhere in the 700 plus range, probably somewhere in the mid to low 700 range uh, by, by just sort of making a smarter version of how to package the batteries, right? Um, if you remember back when Porsche was racing and they were using their hybrid technology and it had that thing like in the passenger sort of centrifugal, like, it was like making power by like spinning, yeah. you know, um, and it added sort of an electrical boost in power to the vehicle to, you know, to dig out of turns and, you know, kind of like hit the nitrous button, right? Yeah. Just- this sort of two-stage battery having the 150-mile range battery, you know, which is the quick discharge battery, you know, when you hammer down the accelerator, but then have this other battery start to feed it, Right almost like the alternator would be constantly charging it. Well, they have this battery feeding it. Uh, I don't know that other people, uh, the other car companies are doing it, or if they are, they're just not doing it quite as efficiently as this company, One, has figured out. So uh, this is what we were saying before. What was it like, you know, a couple of weeks ago before the break, we were saying all of these car companies are coming out with some really cool EVs, all floating around that 253, 350 range, but we're just two or three years away from leaping to that 500 range, yeah, it's, 600 it's range. growing exponentially yeah. at this Which point. Which is like, why, just lease your EV. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's going to be out. It's like getting a TV. Like, it's going to be outdated. That's right, right. Remember when people bought plasma TVs? Yeah. If anybody saw a plasma TV? <laughs> no. Everything's, I don't know, then lease LCD, then LED, OLED. Like, yeah, just lease your TV, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, or, or sell it later. Yeah. But the uh, By the way, that Mercedes, uh, the Vision EQXX, that... That their goal is six twenty miles. They're six twenty. Yeah, right. And these guys are doing seven fifty something. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is all just a proof of concept. They just they just want to show people what we can do, to like twice the uh, range and the exact same sizes. I mean, I dig the technology. I dig what's going on. Um, I you know that's going to make it much more appealing. Yeah. Wow. It's. I mean. 
Yeah, if, it, if it's now just switching out the batteries, I mean, you can... Well, obviously, this company wants to call Tesla and go, hey... Um, we want to be the We want to be the battery for you yeah. guys. What's, what, what are you doing? What kind of, what kind of contracts do you have? Uh, speaking of batteries, McLaren Artura. This is the new McLaren Hybrid we've been uh, uh, curious about for some time. It's a turbo V6 mated with a hybrid drivetrain. Priced at around 225000 bucks. Uh, total output's about 671 horsepower. We're looking at zero to 60 in eh, maybe three seconds, maybe a little under three seconds. It's the uh, the future of McLaren. Looks pretty cool. Uh, was supposed to be out at the end of this year. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, this one I'm kind of nervous about because McLaren had – McLaren had some real drop in sales and we you know we talked about over the past year them just like leveraging their assets and selling their building and you know and then leasing it back so they can get a couple hundred million dollars in the door and you know this car was supposed to be you know 40% of their sales especially you know in in the first half of the year uh, this being delayed from the end of last year to, I guess, June or something, probably midway through the year. July of 2022 yeah, that's, is their new target date. That's uh, that's tough. So I hope they make it through because this car looks interesting and would love an opportunity to get up close on one of these things and drive it and see it in person. They got to get the sound right. If you're going to go V6 turbo, <laughs> got to get the sound right. That's the only uh, thought on it. Um that's uh, pretty much pretty much it. So I'm going to be uh, heading out to Barrett-Jackson at the end of this month. Looking forward to that. I'm going to be surrounded by gas engine vehicles. And, what are those? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything there is obsolete. But now, we're, now it's a collector car auction. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they have the very last Grand National. A customer, uh, when they were making the car back in the day, customer reached out um a good customer of gm said i want it i want the last one and when the car was being built he had the foresight to go to the factory and say i'm here i want to see my car being built and they like threw him a party and as it's going down the assembly line like workers and executives are signing it and last (laughs) one ever and they're like this is supposed to go into a museum. And then the plant manager was like, no way. We told the guy he was going to get his car. He's here. He made the effort. <laughs> You're going to get it. The guy bought the car. He and his wife brought it home. I forgot where, to like Florida. He built an addition on his house to put the car and display it. And it's been there ever since. And now it's going to Barrett-Jackson. It's basically a low-mile Buick Grand National. It's not a GNX, right? The GNX is the more rare one with a little bit more horsepower. The Grand National, I want to say, is 245 horsepower. The GNX is 276. Uh, I, I don't remember if this car even has miles on it or not. Um, oh, 30, 33 miles on the odometer. He literally went and bought the last one, went home. Drove it to the display. <laughs> drove it to his display, <laughs> and it's been sitting there for 33 years. Yeah. Um, I, I, these type of, like, these time capsule cars, they're interesting and collectible, but I don't – it's not that the car isn't any good. I just wonder about all the mechanical bits, like what happened to the mechanical bits. It just sat there with just some oil in the pan and fluid in it. I mean, I guess 
I guess it's okay. I mean, I wouldn't fire it up or anything. I mean, I'd definitely change the oil or something, but I'm, I wonder about all of that. Yeah, just sitting there for all But these sitting years. there. But hey, this is a Buick Grand National with the 33 miles, one. the last <laughs> one. Now, being the last one is worth some money. But when I've dug into the story and said, oh, this is the last one, but also is documented and people signed it and photographed it and it's been verified and we, we, we have a fully documented story behind it, that story is worth some money. So uh, I think they're expecting north of $500,000 for this car, Whew. you know, but uh, I'm excited to just go and see some gas engine cars. So uh, heading out to uh, Barry Jackson at the end of the month, um, there's going to be some pretty cool things on the docket. If anybody can go out there and check it out, I think it's going to be a fun event, but all signs are still pointing to another potentially record year in the auction community. You know, there's there's not a lot of inventory. Uh, people aren't buying new cars uh, because we don't have them. Yeah. You got a little bit of money burning a hole in your pocket. You, I don't know, you're looking for a tax write-off and trying to get into like a charity car. Uh, this is where it is. We know that Gooding, RM, uh, Meekum, uh, Barrett Jackson, they all had really, really strong years. I mean, and what I mean by that is, is the car valuations are all very high right now, you know, and if you have a, a really good shape used car and you don't need a car, dealer will pay top dollar. But if you think you're going to go sell your RAV4 for $37,000 and go get another <laughs> one for $34,000, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. get thirty seven for your used one, but then you're going to be carless for the next year. Yeah, be willing to part with just having a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this, this isn't the, you know, just sell the used one for more money than a new one. It doesn't work that way because you're not going to be able to get a new oh, one. Weird, but, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, next week... Uh, hopefully we'll have Goldberg back. We'll get an update on his, uh, on his projects and his garage. If you guys follow him on social media, you'll see giant tractors bringing in air conditioning units to the super garage, to the super garage. So, uh, looking forward to that. When are we going to go out there? He said he's going to make it happen. Um, we got to go out there and, uh, he wants you to hook him up with his podcast studio, get him wired up over there. So you might have to start consulting ahead of time. Speaking of studios, we're sitting in the fancy new studio. Look at this. We got CarCast branding on the walls. We got LEDs changing colors. It's like a strip joint here. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it looks good. I'll I'll make sure to put a poll in Goldberg's studio. (laughs) That would be funny. Yeah, every time we talk to him, his, the gym gets a little larger. It went from 2,200 to 2,900. Well, that's because Goldberg's getting a little larger. He's his muscles little... are not stopping. But... <laughs> no, and Gage is getting big. Gage is a big kid. Uh, yeah, I should be um, hopefully getting into uh, the new warehouse by the end of the month. Uh, are you still going to call it the Matt, Matt Cave? The Matt Cave? It's it's a new Matt Cave. 2.0, yeah. Yeah, it's a new Matt Cave. Uh, so... Hopefully that will work out. Um, I peeked in there a few times to see what was going on during, you know, four days of nonstop rain. And uh, I'll say that it needs a little bit of work. Oh. <laughs> it is not the fanciest place out yeah, there. Especially it, if, rain, if you have to mention in the rain. Then yeah, it's the rain. There was a couple of leaks coming like through uh, skylights and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it should be patched up and hopefully get in there uh, I guess in February. It's kind of weird because they're like, you need to move in at the end of January. It's like, I'll be at Bear Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But all right, guys, thank you so much, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.